This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. It is 6.06. It's not any cooler this morning than it was yesterday morning. 71 degrees in downtown Boise. was a warm one yesterday, but I'll tell you what. I'm going to say it again. If you think it's hot here and you can't stand how hot it is, uh, go to St. Thomas or Cancun in the summertime where it's 85 degrees with about 85% humidity. Yeah, humidity is a completely different thing. Oh, my gosh. It was yesterday, even though it was hot, I was like, okay, this isn't bad. First of all, there was a little breeze. Mm -hmm. So I played golf yesterday afternoon. Um, I think the temperature officially got up. Some areas of the Treasure Valley to 105 yesterday Did you afternoon. Play well, or like you were having heat stroke. I played very well. As a matter of fact, uh, according to a cart girl, because uh, I didn't see it land, uh, came with about two inches of hitting a hole in one yesterday. Oh, cool! Yeah. So, yeah, it, that cooled me off too. It, it, it uh, I assume it, it kept rolling. Um. Yeah. About six inches past the hole. Oh, that's not bad at all. No, it's that's not a bad. Great, that's a great shot. We we uh, it because it, it was uphill. You kind of lost uh, view of it, and we were all sitting there watching it. And go, I think that went in the hole. And the only thing I can think was, oh, thank God it happened today, mm-hmm. because there were very few people out on the course because of how hot it was. And the you know rule is if you make a hole in one, you have to buy everybody drinks in the clubhouse. Oh, that's after. a good point. Yeah. So there were very few people in the clubhouse after that I would have had to pay drinks for. <laughs> uh, I know that's weird to think, but trust me, uh, I, I think about the money that guess, I save. On, guess how on many drinks like I had that. to buy while I was a, a, a golfer. I'll, I'll just... I'll, Zero? I'll, I'll, uh, yeah. None? I'll, I'll <laughs> save you having to guess. Yeah. Um, and I did, I did even won some money yesterday. What terrific. Not, not from betting. People just gave me money because uh, cool. how well I played. Because betting would be illegal. You don't want to do that. As you were walking by, they threw coins at your feet. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Here, good job. Uh, here's some money. I always love when that happens. <laughs> um, coming up this morning, a few things that we're going to be uh, talking about today. Of course, uh, Donald Trump continues to be indicted. Um, we got some new polling <laughs> out. Does, does Donald Trump getting his fourth indictment, does that mean he's more liked or less liked? as the possibility of becoming president of the United States in 2024. And I'm sure it's both. We'll uh, tell you a little bit about that coming up here for you this morning. Uh, also, we got a couple of uh, police officers, um, one involved in a shooting, one uh, involved in a neck restraint, mm. respectively in Boise and in Nampa. The shooting was in Nampa yesterday. Uh, mm. For those of you who are traveling off I-84 Karcher Road exit, you probably uh, found out very quickly that something really big was going on because uh, Marketplace Boulevard is the location there. The McDonald's Oak Crab area is where the uh, person was shot by police yesterday. Um, and the other officer, now when you hear me say that neck restraint, this is this is the whole conversation that we've had for the past couple of years and partially the reason why the police chief Ryan is no longer there is because he allegedly broke the neck of an officer demonstrating an LVNR. 
which a police officer used yesterday on a suspect. But when you hear the story, he had very good reason to use LVNR on this person, and it probably saved his life or very possibly saved him from being very seriously hurt. Hmm. Also, are there sharks in Idaho? (laughs) Short answer, yeah. Uh, We'll talk about that coming up here for you on the way. And you heard in the uh, weather that we do have cooler temperature coming, and we talked about that, that rain's supposed to be coming uh, on your way Sunday into Monday. Um, Yeah, a hurricane is going to be hitting Boise coming up late this weekend. Is it? Yes. Don't you have to be closer to, say... That's what I thought. An ocean or gulf for that sort of thing? That's what I thought. And yet. But apparently, uh, remnants of the hurricane that is supposed to uh, hit uh, around California and Baja this Mm -hmm. uh, early this weekend, starting like as early as tomorrow... Right now, Category 3 with sustained winds up to 114 to 120 miles per hour could be bringing uh, as much as one and a half inches of rain to the mountain areas coming up here Monday and possibly three quarters of an inch to an inch of rain to the valleys. That is a widespread hurricane. Yes, it is. It could be uh, hitting all the way as far as west as Wyoming and uh, north into Montana is what they are expecting. The good news for those of you um, who hate this 105-degree heat we should be about 25 to 30 degrees cooler mm. by Monday and Tuesday of next week. Which, by the way, Western Idaho Fair is going on. You may not want right. to go to the fair on Monday when it's raining an inch, uh, but the rest of the week is supposed to see a much cooler temperature. I also. told you yesterday, soggy corn dogs are my second favorite kind <laughs> of corn dog. Right after the non-soggy. Right ones. after the non-soggy. Yeah. Uh, now, if soggy corn dogs, I know that you there's w- with and without mm-hmm. soggy corn dogs with also. Oh, yeah. Okay, just checking. Just I, with a little soggy mustard. A little soggy mustard. Yeah. Uh, Which is, of course, my second favorite kind of mustard. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, those are some of the things we're going to be talking about uh, coming up here for you this morning. Uh, on the way, remember, you're always encouraged to be a uh, part of the show, and you can do that by calling us up, or you can also email chris at kboi.com or Mike at KBOI.com. In addition to the, by the way, in addition to the sharks in Idaho, um, a cousin of the murder hornet has been found in the United States for the first time ever. I didn't even know murder hornets had cousins or relatives. I didn't know they had any left. Um, But apparently, um, they must have a much nicer PR firm. Yeah. You know, because when you hear murder hornet, that conjures up. I don't like hornets anyway, but when you're a murder hornet, it's a little more you, scary, really, right? You really don't even have to add the word hornet. Just, just murder <laughs> all by itself is, makes, makes a person a, a little nervous from time to time. This, this hornet that has never been seen in the United States until recently mm-hmm. is called the yellow hornet. Yellow hornet sounds happy, right? It, it's yellow. Or just it's not a, near a, as bad as the afraid, murder maybe. hornet. Yeah. So, anyway, we'll uh, talk a little bit about uh, that also coming up here for you this morning. Um, also, in a, a, an update, and we got a phone call on this yesterday morning uh, about they thought a police had found a body in the Nampa area. 
They thought they found a body? Yeah, remember we got that phone call so yesterday. What, that What did they find? They found a body. Oh, okay. Yeah, the person calling didn't know because, you know, police aren't going to let them near to find out if it is a body. Right. Um, but it ended up being the uh, body of the man who had been reported missing on Tuesday, Jay Harstock, 85 years old, reported uh, on a, he'd been missing, didn't return home after a fishing trip near Lower Dam area of Lake Lowell. Mm-hmm. Our stock's body was recovered around 6 a.m. yesterday morning when we received that phone call uh, here at the station right, from right. people saying that uh, they they, they thought, thought the somebody had, had either, recovered a body. Either crashed into the canal or something of that nature. Yeah. Uh, following hours-long search on Tuesday, uh, deputies believe Harstock accidentally entered the swift-moving canal water below the dam and died as a result of accidental must have been drowning. fishing alone then. My guess it would be, yeah, he was probably fishing alone. That's too bad. Uh, maybe slipped into the canal because I mean he wasn't fi- obviously not fishing in the canal. There's no fish in the canal, uh, but he had gone on a fishing trip to Lake Lowell and apparently uh, my guess would be walking, probably walking along and mm-hmm. slipped and fell into the uh, canal. Just goes to show the dangers. I mean, every year you have somebody who drowns or has to be rescued from a canal a lot of times it's children who think oh look water don't realize how deep swift and how hard it is to get out of that canal 714 let's get our first check on what's going on with sports this morning it's brought to you by pork belly and cuna the place to go for breakfasts and lunch every single day seven days a week want to check out the menu before you go to make your mouth water i promise check it out today once again pork belly in downtown CUNA. The Boise State women's golf team released its 2023-2024 schedule Wednesday. The Broncos will compete in 10 events in seven states. The season opens September 11th and 12th at the branch law firm Dick McGuire Invitational in Albuquerque, New Mexico. September 25th through the 27th, they will play at the Golf Week Red Sky Classic in Wolcott, Colorado. October 9th through the 11th, they'll be in Las Cruces, New Mexico for the New Mexico State Golf Iconic Classic. And they'll wrap up the fall portion of the season October 22nd through the 24th in the Clash at Boulder Creek in Boulder City, Nevada, hosted by Northern Arizona University. In the spring, they will travel to Hawaii, Utah, California twice, and Arizona twice. In the NFL, New York Jets senior defensive assistant coach Tony Oden left the field riding on a medical cart after a fight broke out during a joint scrimmage between the Jets and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Wednesday. It was not clear who collided with or struck Oden. Following a skirmish, he remained on the ground on one knee until he was treated by medical personnel. He then rode to the locker room in the front seat of the cart. Oden is 50 years old. He's starting his 20th season as an NFL coach and has coached with the Texans, Saints, Jaguars, Buccaneers, Lions, Dolphins, and 49ers, all before coming to New York. KBY News Time 616, that's sports. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 623, uh, Dow stock market down again yesterday. Uh, right now, basically flat. We've fallen a couple hundred points uh, under 35,000, um, and we've fallen quite a bit from our uh, high just a few weeks ago. Um, we'll get a look at what's going on, what's driving it, what to expect coming up. Has something to do with interest rates, apparently. Um, interest rate hikes not off the table. People hoping 
that that was going to be happening. But we'll talk with Jeremiah Bates coming up here uh, just about an hour from right now. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also call us toll-free from wherever you might be listening at 1-800-529-5264. Ray from Nampa listening uh, this morning. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hey, good morning. I just wanted to set you straight on uh, fishing in that outlet canal below the lower dam. A lot of people do. Oh, do they? Yeah. So is it an Now, the newspaper said that it was an uh, irrigation canal, so it wasn't an irrigation canal? Well, it's, it's the, basically it's the outlet for Lake Lowell. And it is an irrigation canal. Okay, but, but fish, but fish can get in there, and the fishing's good. Yeah, yeah, it dumps fish in there all the time. All right, big well, fish sometimes. The newspaper stands corrected. <laughs> good. Thank you for the call. You bet. If you're just tuning in. That uh, was a story yesterday. Um, apparently, uh, a gentleman had been. Missing since Tuesday, and they found him very early yesterday morning, apparent uh, accidental drowning inside the uh, canal that he was talking about uh, that's near Lake Lowell, Lower Dam at Lake Lowell. You had speculated yesterday. that he probably wasn't actually fishing in the canal, but that guy just called to say that you, know, you can fish in that canal, yeah. and people do. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, another story we're going to be talking about coming up here this morning. Just to, I want to get your input as, as more information is uh, coming out on the blindside story that uh, Michael Orr is uh, accusing the Tuies from the movie Blindside, or if you read the book, The Blindside, that uh, they basically have taken his money and did not share his money, and he's really upset. He's uh, upset that he thought he was adopted and that they actually didn't adopt him. And uh, instead, they signed him up with a conservatorship so that they allegedly had control of all his money and all his decisions. Mm. And uh, apparently, he just found that out. He stated in February. Didn't know that was going on. I want to get your thoughts on this. It's, it's upsetting to me, and I think a lot of people... Because the, two, the, the twoies, by the way, dispute that. Yeah, uh, and there's a lot of pushback. Their lawyers finally talked about it yesterday. It's upsetting to me, both sides. And and, and granted, there's Michael Orr's side, there's the Tui side, and the truth is probably somewhere well, in the middle. It's upsetting to you because the movie had a happy ending, and now this isn't. Not just a happy ending. It was just a fabulous movie, mm-hmm. fabulous book um, uh, uh, about... Somebody, you know, who ended up doing good and, and a family who, you know, took this person under his wings who, had, you know, not had the best family upbringing and uh, helped him out. Now, granted, there were, you know, obviously some liberties taken and Michael Orr has never liked the movie. And it's it's a proven fact that Michael Orr knew how to play football. And the movie kind of alleged that he had no idea what even football hardly was when they played it. But, you know, that at the time that he was playing high school football, he was already an all-state football player. Yeah. So um, they they took some liberties, you know, with the, the true story. How much? We don't know. But uh, I have a funny feeling that this may all end up in court. But, it, it, it like I said, I think... A lot of people feel the way I do. They're just so disappointed because the movie was such a great story 
Uh, and as you mentioned, it did have a, a happy ending, and now that ending um, might be a little rewritten. We'll t- we'll get your input on this coming up and how you feel. Uh, we'll tell you about the pushback from the TUIs and their attorneys yesterday and what they are saying. That's uh, all coming up here. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Remember, you can always email us if you want to take part in the show. Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Now we're looking at uh, at least good news for the futures market as of right now. Dow's up 33 points. Yesterday, not another not good day on the uh, stock market. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. haven't had a lot of those over the last couple of weeks after... About three weeks of great days every day in the stock market. Um, Mortgage rates, by the way, uh, up to the highest level that they have been in quite a while. 7.16% on mortgage interest rates. What does that mean for you? If you're trying to buy a house, your payment's going to go up. Mm. Possibility that you're not going to uh, be able to get as affordable a house as maybe you would a, a month or two ago. This is uh, also news coming out that they think this is having the big effect right now on prices because people still want to buy homes. However, now the affordability is going up and the interest rates are so high as of right now that there are a lot of people who just refuse to give up their home unless they have to. Like they're moving someplace else for a new job. Mm -hmm. Then they'll sell their home. Otherwise, they're sitting there going... Why would I give up my home at 2.8% interest? Plus all my stuff is here. Buy a new home that has 7%. Even if I find a home that's less expensive, my payments are going to go up. And, of course, that's why prices are staying high is because the lack of inventory. When you got a lack of inventory and people still want to buy homes, the prices are going to stay Higher than probably they should, and that's what you're seeing right now, especially in Boise and, uh, with the average price still being fairly high, even though it's come down even, in the last even year. in this day and age, homes still are a popular thing to own. Yes, they are. Popular place to live in. They come in handy pretty much every day, definitely every night. Maui uh, count of deaths, official deaths, continue to go up. It's over 100 now. I think the last I yeah. saw was 109. 111, I heard this 111 morning. this morning. Um, there are still 1,300 people missing. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to find them dead. Uh, 60 people were found yesterday in, in, in living in one home yesterday. How many? 60. In one home? In one home because Must they... Must have been had, a decent-sized home. Well, no, it wasn't. Oh. It's just that there was no place else to go, and because there's no electricity, they're not allowed to travel or they didn't have a way to travel. Um, there's no phone service. There's no cell phone service. They weren't able to contact loved ones and tell them that they're okay. Mm. But they were safe in that place, so all of them were there when they were found yesterday. They're still using uh, cadaver dogs now to go um, to what used to be homes, what used to be cars, to uh, find bodies. Right. Um, the uh, governor of Hawaii says that they expect the uh, death count to go up appreciably, and even though this is already the most deadly fire that we have seen in over a century here in the United States, um, 
it's it's just absolutely crazy. Uh, the other thing you're seeing apparently is uh, people that are coming in to people who have lost their homes and developers or rich people wanting to buy that land, trying to take advantage. It's like, well, you don't want to rebuild here again. Yeah, that's, here's there's some money. Just leave. That's not exactly comforting. Yeah, um, and, and of course, longtime residents of Lahaina um, are not happy about that either. They would love to rebuild. Yeah. Clean well, up and rebuild. There, There's one person that they talked to that already had somebody come, apparently, and uh, offer them money for their property, and they've lost their house. This is the third time their house has burnt down. Serious? Yeah, and they've rebuilt every time. So he goes, if you think I'm going to sell now, although at, at what point do you finally say, all right, I, I give up? Three times. That's that's enough. I'm out of here. Although if you've ever been to Hawaii, you, you see the reason why they like it. <laughs> KBOI News Time 645 208 336 3700 pounds 670 on your Verizon Wireless. It's time for a check on sports once again with Chris. This update brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. If you're uh, headed their way, they're opening up in 15 minutes. Delicious food, maybe the best chicken fried steak you're going to find anywhere. And their bacon is always fabulous because it's made with love by Chef Wally. The Boise State gymnastics team released its schedule for 2024 on Wednesday. Competition begins in January. There will be five meets that take place in Boise, plus four trips to Utah and one to California. This is the inaugural season of the new Mountain West Women's Gymnastics Conference, which includes Boise State, Air Force, San Jose State, and Utah State. In addition to those schools, the Broncos will face Utah, Cal, UCLA, Iowa, Minnesota, Pitt, Washington, Oregon State, Westchester, Iowa State, Southern Utah, Sacramento State, Minnesota, and UC Davis this coming season. In Major League Baseball, Luke Rayleigh pinch hit for the Tampa Bay Rays in San Francisco last night and hit an inside-the-park home run. The ball struck the outfield wall there in San Francisco in right center field on the fly, then oddly bounced sideways along the top of a shorter part of the wall and ended up eluding all three outfielders that rolled it as it rolled into a left field. <laughs> Rayleigh crossed home plate, in fact, before the ball was even thrown back to the <laughs> infield, which is really unusual. The Rays beat the Giants in that game 6-1. That's sports. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. I know efficient game <laughs> has received a report. Now they better be 25 feet long. And shared photos in a news release yesterday of what appears to show a shark found on the shores of the Salmon River outside of Riggins, Idaho. Which is highly unusual. Find it there because Idaho, in case you didn't know this, is a landlocked state. Yeah. Not real close to the ocean. Uh, Fishing game was inundated with calls and emails reporting the uh, creature near Riggins, the agency identified the animal as a salmon shark. Salmon shark. Salmon shark, known because they like to eat salmon. They can grow as long as 10 feet long, and they look an awful lot like a great white shark. <laughs> Except, uh, obviously, much smaller. Uh, well, I don't know, 10 feet, 10 feet long is a pretty big shark. <laughs> You're not going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Um, 10 feet long is uh, 
close to the biggest fish you're going to find in the Salmon River. Of course, you know, you have the uh, prehistoric fish that have been there for thousands of years that can grow bigger than the uh, shark. You mean the um, sturgeon? Sturgeon, yeah. According to the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife, salmon sharks can occasionally be caught off the Washington coast and are often mistaken for great white sharks. Their name is a reference to their diet, which includes salmon. Idaho Fish and Game officials say the state's struggling salmon, though, are not at risk for sharks. No sharks have been observed swimming up the fish ladders lately, and the only (laughs) known shark that can live in freshwater is the bull shark. So the Idaho Department of Fish and Game thinks that somebody may have been playing a really mean, evil joke. Or they had raised the shark from uh, whatever they call them, shark baby. A shark baby. And then just let it go. Baby shark, shark, shark. Well, yeah, baby shark. That's what they call um, They think that somebody may have dropped it off in the shore as, uh, to get a good laugh. Hmm. <laughs> That's not funny. Not, not funny no, for I mean, people who don't like sharks, and especially people who like to swim in the or boat in the Salmon River. And yeah. all of a sudden, you see that shark, you're going, "Wait a minute!" Tell everybody, "Hey, it's perfectly safe except for the sharks." Now, I know some people have said that it is impossible for the salmon shark to live; that only bull sharks can live uh, in fresh water. But uh, did receive listen to Nate Shelman's show yesterday, and somebody said that they have seen the so-called salmon sharks in Idaho waters. I don't know if that's true or not. They just claim to have seen living sharks in the water. So I don't know if it's just very rare that maybe they, like bull sharks, could also live in in freshwater. I don't know. Now, there is another fish swimming in the waters that are a concern of Idaho. This kind of ties in all together. Idaho Fishing Game also yesterday... Um, talked about receiving reports of non-native fish species in the Snake and Salmon Rivers, prompting the agency to raise the alarm about the potential impacts on salmon and steelhead. Fish and Game officials said that they received numerous reports of walleye, predatory fish from Hmm. the Midwest, has been now found on the Snake River near Hills Canyon and on the Salmon River said that uh, the reports of finding these fish alive in those rivers is very alarming points to more walleye that could be in Idaho's waterways. Somebody is slowly smuggling fish. Something. Walleye, uh, because they are such voracious predators, they pose a risk to salmon and steelhead in Idaho's waterways, according to the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare and the Idaho Department of Game Fish and Game. Walleye are opportunistic apex predators that will eat any fish they, they can find. And agency is asking anglers who reel in a walleye to not put the walleye back, to keep it and enjoy it because it makes a very tasty dinner. So catch and don't release. Don't release. Even if you're not looking for walleye, they want the walleye out of the river systems because they can get rid of the steelhead and salmon. Fishing Game is also asking anyone who catches the walleye in the Idaho rivers to keep the fish uh, no bag or size limit on walleye and to call the Lewiston Regional Office to report the walleye size and approximate location where you caught it. And if you have a good recipe, go ahead and share that, too. Cool. But apparently it's supposed to be really good eating. And for those people who, you know, like to catch more fish than you're allowed to do, 
you're allowed to catch more than just <laughs> your limit on this. They want they want them gone. So if you catch walleye, um, don't don't put them back. Great. And if you catch a shark, I don't know how to help. You know, if you're the person that did that joke, by the way, shame on you. Yeah, it's not really funny. It might be if it was April Fool's Day. If it was April first. But I checked the calendar yesterday, and it was August sixteenth. Uh, I know it was National. You'd have to be tell a joke day, but it it wasn't do a practical joke. You'd day have yesterday. to be fairly hardcore to uh, pull an April Fool's joke and involve a shark, <laughs> especially when we're so far away from. I August, was right? I was committed to that joke. <laughs> I almost lost an arm. Oh, good grief. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, a couple other things we're going to be talking about uh, on the way this morning. Uh, Donald Trump, his fourth indictment. Is this uh, good for polling? Is it bad for polling? We've noticed that after every indictment so far, his support has increased. Has his support increased this time with the fourth indictment? By the way, did you see the judge that... Uh, landed this case? No. 34 years old. Mm -hmm. First time he's ever been a judge, and he's only been a judge for six months. Now, granted, he is a judge. I get it. He's a judge. Right. He's a first-time judge. Six months, and he's the one that caught this circus case. Yeah. So it really is just on a rotating basis then. (laughs) Yeah. But can, I mean, can you imagine? It's like, is this guy going to be over his head, or is he going to be able to control what is very likely going to be kind of a circus atmosphere, especially since you have the prosecutor saying that she wants to try all 19 defendants mm-hmm. at once? I, uh, I've never been a judge or a lawyer, but my advice to him is just be calm. Might be difficult it'll, it'll, at times, yeah. It'll look better. Yeah. Um, I mean, the crazy part, I was thinking about this uh, yesterday um, as I, I was reading up on the judge who caught the case. You know, if if they really do try everybody all at once and you have all 19 defendants, each one of those 19 defendants has at least, we'll just say one lawyer. You got almost the entire court taken up by the jury, the prosecution, all their lawyers, and the 19 defendants plus all their lawyers, you're, you're looking at uh, 50 to 60 people mm-hmm. just just in charge of the cases, right? So much for anybody wanting to watch. Tell them we need to reserve the big courtroom for tomorrow. Now, of course, this still has something to do. Um, Mark Meadows has already asked that this uh, receive a change of venue, not from the location, yeah. but from the court. They wanted to go from the uh, Georgia State Court to a federal court. So um, there's one of the first decisions that the uh, judge is going to have to make. We'll talk more about this coming up here for you on the way this morning. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Phone number to get through. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. Right now it's time for a, another check on sports. Chris, brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna, the place to go. If you are hungry, you'll get lots of food and delicious food. Once again, Chef Wally's there every morning with all his helpers making a delicious batch of food from scratch for breakfast, lunch, brunch. Get in today. They open every day, seven days a week at 7 a.m. 
Detroit Lions running back David Montgomery and his girlfriend Tatum Kazi are facing a civil lawsuit after their dog attacked a smaller dog and its owner in the driveway of Montgomery's home in Gross Point Shores, Michigan, in June. Montgomery's pit bull named Lola allegedly escaped from Montgomery's backyard and attacked a cockapoo being walked by a neighbor named Mark Owens. The cockapoo suffered two broken bones and had to have a leg amputated, and Owens was bitten on the hand. Montgomery is new to the Lions this season. He signed a three-year, $18 million contract following four years with the Chicago Bears. When asked about the lawsuit at practice, Montgomery said only, it's being taken care of. How much would you pay to own a New York Yankees jersey worn by Mickey Mantle in the home opener of the 1958 baseball season? If your answer is less than $3,250,000, you're not going to have to pay because that is the top bid as of Wednesday afternoon at Heritage Auctions in Dallas, Texas. That uh, breaks the previous record paid for a big league jersey. In 2020, Heritage auctioned off another jersey, which was also a Mickey Mantle jersey, for $2.2 million. In addition, Heritage holds uh, the all-time record for the highest sale price received for any type of baseball memorabilia. In 2022, they auctioned off a near-perfect grade 1952 Topps baseball card, also Mickey Mantle, for $12.6 million. That's sports. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 723, good morning. Uh, Jeremiah Bates here to talk about uh, our money or lack of money after yesterday. Um, Dow Futures ahead of the opening here in about seven or eight minutes, up uh, 46 points. Um, Jeremy, I just want to ask you, is there any way that we could get Fed Chairman Jerome Powell to keep his mouth shut? (laughs) Honestly, I wish. I wish that there would be such a removal of focus on every step or every comment or every word that is then transposed from what comes out of the the mouths of the members of the Federal Reserve. Now, this is what happened yesterday. We saw some we saw some gains, we saw a little bit of a recovery in the market, you could say, especially in the morning, hanging steady throughout the day, and then as soon as the meeting minutes from the Federal Reserve were released, it really caused some selling pressure and we caught we saw all three major US indexes end in negative territory at the end of the day. And really, it just shows that uh, Fed officials are still concerned about the pace of inflation. And you have all the participants agreeing that the rate hike last month was appropriate, but they still all see an upside risk to inflation. And basically what this means is that a a rate hike in September certainly remains in the cards. So again, Wall Street in general is betting the fact that uh, rate hikes were done, but the Federal Reserve is sticking to this 2% inflation objective, and we're still a little bit of a ways away from that. Now we have the Jackson Hole Wyoming conference set for next week, which I'm sure will all, all eyes will be set on what is what is going to be said from Jerome Powell. And we <laughs> we have to remember what happened last year. We saw a significant sell off in the market uh, right after the Jackson Hole Wyoming conference last year. So again, 
all eyes are going to be set on that. So we are seeing it. We did see that selling pressure. We're seeing a little bit of a jump back, a little bit of a lift in futures market this morning. We had Walmart releasing their earnings. They came in better than expected. Yeah, their their e-commerce sales jumped 24% year over year. Year to date, the stock has about a 12% gain. But again, we're not seeing much movement in pre-market trading for Walmart because the, the beat wasn't too high and the company's valuation is a bit higher. So really, there was no room for error. Not saying that there was some error in this earnings report. However, it just wasn't as uh, as attractive as what we saw with Target. So a relatively muted reaction for Walmart stock right now. When we're uh, thinking about... Um in, increase in, in rates. When does the official announcement come, by the way? Not till October, right? Right. Yep. So that, that's kind of the, uh, this is why this Jackson Hole Wyoming meeting is going to be so important because it's a lot of back and forth. It's a lot of, it's a lot of conferences. It's a lot of Fed speak that's going to come through. So now the, <laughs> this is where it's going to be a problem. If it, if, if the meeting next week is in line with the meeting minutes that were just released yesterday from July, it it just basically shows a, a split stance of the members within the Federal Reserve. So if that is the case for this Jackson Hole uh, Wyoming meeting, then that's going to cause uncertainty in the market of where the Fed is going to move and what the market does not like is uncertainty, which would mean more volatility likely along the way. All right. We'll uh, keep an eye on things this morning as of right now, as far as the future is concerned, kind of like yesterday where we're up right now. We'll see if we can maintain uh, that guidance going ahead. We'll get a a few more updates from you today and talk to you for a Friday morning. Thank you, Jess. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KDOI. 7.34, he's Chris Walton, Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in this morning. Remember, you can always be a part of the show. Emailing, calling, texting. Got a text in at 208-336-3700. Haven't heard Rick in a while. I know his wife has cancer, if I remember right. Everything okay with him? If I need Some... to mind my own business, yep. uh, I will. Uh, his wife had cancer. She has passed away. Uh, last It was last year. A couple of years ago, I think, wasn't it? No, I think it was last year. I remember mm. going to her um, wake about this time. I want to say it was about this time last year. All right. Um, anyway, he... The reason why you haven't heard him is because he has moved. He uh, moved to Bend, Oregon, mm-hmm. uh, where he is now living. Backed up his stuff. Still owns his house here. I guess uh, I just talked to him uh, earlier this week. Said he's doing great. Um, he found a person to rent his house here. So he goes, that was a load off his mind, yeah, I would imagine. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he met somebody over there. He got married earlier this week so we wish him all the luck uh all the best um and we miss him so nothing nothing happened to rick he was not fired he did not quit in a rage because of all your mean emails <laughs> it is kind of kind of funny to find out uh people don't miss you until you go huh well they don't have a chance to i guess not so yeah, everything with Rick is uh, fine to know you don't have to mind your own business uh he he was on with us and explained Basically, what was uh, going on on his uh, final few days here on the radio. So, yeah, he, he is missed, but thanks for asking. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, coming up uh, after top of the hour this morning, big basketball game. Could be between uh, two teams that might be ranked in the top 25. Boise State, one of those teams. St. Mary's, uh, usually a powerhouse. 
Are they going to be playing in Boise? No. <laughs> They're going to be playing somewhere here in Idaho. Uh, you have a chance to be there, but we're going to find out the story behind this. Why is the game going on in Idaho Falls? Who put together the game, and uh, how difficult uh, was it putting together the game between those two powerhouses uh, that could have really good uh, lineups this year? We'll be talking uh, with the person in charge of that game coming up here after the top of the hour, and we'll get all those questions answered. By the way, we will have tickets that we'll be giving away uh, later this year to uh, that particular game. So, uh, Newstalk KBOI, of course, the voice of the BSU Broncos, all the games you'll hear here, too. It'll be very, uh, you know... Convenient if you happen to be going to Idaho Falls at that time. If if not, then Idaho Falls is always a lovely place in December. Uh, that's what I <laughs> just heard from you. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 742 East Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening uh, in. Got a story here of uh, another product going woke. (laughs) I don't think many would argue that this probably isn't a great name to begin with, uh, but I don't know how you feel about a new new politically woke correct name. Uh, Gen Zers have decided that white tank tops for men should no longer ever be called wife beaters any longer. Now, to be fair, they never actually sold them under that brand name, right? Everybody called them wife beaters. Now, the new term that Gen Xers want is wife pleaser. <laughs> oh, I see that skips ahead. I, I thought they were going to call them spouse beaters, so it just wouldn't be sexist. See that that wouldn't be bad, right? Um, the shirts are coming back in fashion with a vengeance, so the idea that they're pleasing to the eye. Plus, it almost rhymes with wife beaters, so it's not hard to make that shift. However, I don't know how you force people. It's like, hey, go put on uh, your wife beater. We're going to go bye-bye. No, you mean, you, you wife, mean your, wife your, pleaser. Your, your wife pleaser. Your wife pleaser. That would, I think, be impossible to say without rolling my eyes. Well, and uh, here's Because I've other, tried to do it a couple of times already. Here, and, here's and, the other thing. Um, there, There's already a product name called wife pleaser that you buy at adult stores. You mean that you could... By at adult stores. Yeah, that's yeah. what I said. Okay. Uh, no one seems to know where the term wife beater originally came from. Some sources say um, it was a guy who killed his wife in 1947 and was wearing one of the shirts. It was photographed when, uh, for it. Uh, also, Marlon Brando wore one. He played uh, an abusive husband in 1951's Streetcar Named Desire. Yeah. See, that's a lot further back than I thought it was just popularized on cops. I'm not sure why uh, just tank top or sleeveless T-shirt wouldn't work. Why does it have to be wife pleaser or wife beater? (laughs) But okay. I I like yours. White tank top. (laughs) Uh, Glad we we got woke and changed that name. Not a moment too soon. KBOI News Time, 744. Time for a uh, final check on sports for you this morning. It's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuda. Check out their uh, menu, theporkbellyidaho.com. Don't forget theporkbellyidaho.com. Put the in front of it. Uh, you can also follow them on Facebook. Uh, get in on some of their specials that they do from time to time. Pork Belly, downtown Cuna.
The Boise State women's golf team released its 2023-2024 schedule Wednesday. The Broncos will compete in 10 events in seven states. The season opens September 11th and 12th at the branch law firm Dick McGuire Invitational in Albuquerque, New Mexico. September 25th through the 27th, they'll play at the Golf Week Red Sky Classic in Wolcott, Colorado. October 9th through the 11th, they'll be in Las Cruces, New Mexico for the New Mexico State Golf Iconic Classic. And they will wrap up the fall portion of the season October 22nd through the 24th in the Clash at Boulder Creek, which is in Boulder City, Nevada. It's hosted by Northern Arizona University. In the spring, they will travel to Hawaii, Utah, California twice, and Arizona twice. In the NFL, New York Jets senior defensive assistant coach Tony Oden left the field riding on a medical cart after a fight broke out during a joint scrimmage between the Jets and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Wednesday. It wasn't clear who collided with or struck Oden. Following a skirmish, he remained on the ground on one knee until he was treated by medical personnel. He then rode to the locker room in the front seat of the cart. Oden is 50 years old. He's starting his 20th season as an NFL coach, and he has coached with the Texans, Saints, Jaguars, Buccaneers, Lions, Dolphins, and 49ers, and now the New York Jets. That's sports. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.52, phone lines open. If you want to uh, partake in the show, you can do that. Matter of fact, it's always encouraged, not just allowed, encouraged. 1-800-529-5264. That's toll free from wherever you might be listening. 208 336 3700. If you have a Verizon wireless phone, just hit pound 670. Uh, you can also email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Uh, a couple of uh, text messages, which by the way, same as our main number. Uh, I'm just glad this generation has nothing more to worry about than people calling a trailer trash t shirt something different than what it's known by. Morning, guys. Another one says, I can't wait for this woke generation to wake up and change the flavor of white chocolate. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Which uh, technically shouldn't even be called chocolate because it's not. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even, what is it? Just, it's not made of any part of chocolate. No. It doesn't even taste like chocolate. The only thing they got right on it is that it is white, right? Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, it looks that way. It says typically made of sugar, milk, and cocoa butter, but no cocoa solids, which are common in actual chocolate. So it's pale ivory in color, which is kind of white. Didn't get a chance to uh, talk about this story um, (laughs) earlier this week. But, I mean, there's a lot of times that criminals are idiots, and that's the reason they get caught. Now, these two criminals here locally are helping the police and, more importantly, the prosecutor when it comes time for them to go to court. Two suspects in the beating death of a man in Caldwell on August 1st have not yet been charged with murder, but they did record the beating of the man who ended up dying from that beating on their GoPro. That is always such a bad idea. Jeremy Jones, 44, died on the way to the hospital after he was pistol-whipped, according to the Caldwell Police Department. According to the probable cause affidavit, two men identified as Kyle McGinnis and Richard Lane broke into Jones' home with a BB gun that looked like a sawed-off shotgun 
and began beating him over the head with it when he answered the door. Jones's friend heard the commotion, grabbed her gun, and fired at McGinnis and Lane to stop them from beating Jones. Both men ended up running from the scene. Friends inside the home then called police. After driving themselves to the hospital, the two suspects, McGinnis and Lane, were treated for a gunshot wound in the abdomen. Lane was treated for a gunshot wound in the leg. So they were both hit then. They were both hit by the uh, woman that was protecting them. She didn't just fire at them. She fired into them. When police interviewed the two at the hospital, the affidavit says Lane requested a lawyer immediately, and McGinnis said he didn't remember anything. (laughs) That was a big help then. Both men are charged with multiple felonies, including aggravated battery, burglary, and conspiracy to commit robbery. That's according to court records. As of right now, murder has not been added to that list, but I'm guessing murder will be added to that list, and a lot because of the GoPro evidence. I think it's interesting when somebody goes to the hospital with a gunshot wound, and they're actually surprised when the people at the hospital call the police, (laughs) which they are required by law to do. But it just seems like, hey, could you keep this quiet? No. Once again... Everything recorded on their GoPro. The sad part about this is the person that they uh, did uh, attack ended up dying dying yeah. because of the attack. But So that's a murder charge. Then. Yeah, it's eventually going to be turning into a murder charge. But, hey, thank you guys for making it so easy to charge you by recording yeah. everything you did and everything you said on your GoPro so that the police have that evidence. And they say, well, we always support the blue. They did. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Currently 75 degrees in downtown Boise at 8.06. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening uh, in. And we would like to welcome on to the phone line with us uh, this morning the general manager of Hero Arena, at Mountain America Center, Idaho uh, Falls, Eric Hudson. Good morning, and thanks for being with us here this morning. Morning, gentlemen. How are you? Doing good. Um, it seems a little weird that we are talking to you this morning because uh, <laughs> Boise State football season hasn't even begun as of yet, and yet this morning we're talking about a game that is coming up with the uh, Boise State basketball team on December 1st in Idaho Falls. All right, so first of all, let's start things off, Eric. Please explain why Boise State is playing a game in Idaho Falls. Well, if, you have, if you've been to Idaho Falls in the last eight months and seen the news, you'll know that we, op- we just opened a $70 million arena, um, state-of-the-art facility in every sense of the word. And, you know, for us, we can do pretty much anything and everything in the sporting realm, and, and it's a world-class venue for NCAA basketball, so... Having a powerhouse uh, like Boise State come in and, you know, obviously their success in the last several years uh, is a testament to their program. And then obviously St. Mary's, which, which is a historic program, come up to Idaho Falls. It just made a ton of sense for us to have our first ever NCAA event be, you know, be a local fan favorite like Boise State. So uh, the pieces fell into place and, and uh, we're very excited for December 1st. It's also our one-year anniversary. So it kind of coincides with uh, with a bigger celebration for us. What's been the most common use of, of the arena so far? 
That's a great question. We, you know, our primary tenant is a hockey team. Um, and we've had, you know, we've had 24 hockey games, but at the same time, we've had concerts, we've had monster trucks, we've had comedy shows, expos. Really, it's a multi-purpose youth center. Uh, we had the Harlem Globetrotters in as our first basketball game. Um, and we're really, really excited to, you know, to diversify a little bit into collegiate athletics here, here this season. What uh, total capacity uh, for the arena? You know, if we have a concert where the stage is at the center of the facility, we can go 6,100 people uh, comfortably. A uh, ton of parking. We've got, you know, more than enough amenities to, to fit that many people. So for basketball like Boise State, we're going to push the envelope and try to get 4,600 people in the facility, hopefully all wearing uh, bright blue and orange shirts. Do you expect uh, other teams, maybe Idaho State or even one of the teams from Utah, to occasionally play there? Yeah, that's the plan. I mean, we, you know, being so close to Pocatello, 45 minutes away, Idaho State would be a great fit um, for athletics there. Utah, you know, two hour, two and a half hours down. It would be nice to get, you know, a Big Sky Championship in there as well. It, it's We've got plenty of amenities to host multiple basketball teams at once. So wrestling, basketball, gymnastics, you know, Anything and everything that you can put in any arena would fit in our facility. Is it also a concert venue? Yeah, oh yeah, big time concert venue. It was built for concerts and for hockey. Essentially, um, we've had, you know, we've hosted I think twenty one concerts in our eight months of being or nine months of being open. Probably the biggest one we've had to date was Old Dominion, uh, but we have Tool coming up October twelfth. Martina McBride. Um, just you know, pretty much anything under the sun that that would that would go to Boise will now come to Idaho Falls as well. How did you uh, put together this game? It's 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 December first, and I, I have traveled to Idaho Falls in, in December. Um, you know, nothing nothing against your area. However, you know, winter can be a little <laughs> iffy in Idaho Falls. How did this game uh, come together? Get it, talking number one, Boise State traveling across the state uh, to come to Idaho Falls for a, a game, and also St. Mary's to come there and meet up with Boise State. You know. Idaho Falls obviously is growing very rapidly, and along with it, our our infrastructure amenities, our airport has has added a ton of additional flights um, to make it easy for teams that are out of state to get here. We've got you know a direct flight down to California, made it easy for St. Mary's to book. Obviously, Boise is only three and a half, four hours away, so whether they fly, I'm sure they'll fly um, or bus. It's, it's a pretty pretty quick jump. Really, the facility though is the real reason it is you know it is game espn game ready or fox game ready or whoever broadcasts it and our production you know capabilities are second to none um you know the the amenities for the athletes are are world class and and i'm sure that word of mouth spread uh and then speaking with the the athletic department at boise state we really really wanted to to put something on here whether it be a women's or men's game and it just so happened they were looking for a neutral site game in, in December, and, and it turned out that St. Mary's was as well. And so two months worth of prep work, uh, a, lot of, a lot of legalities to jump through, but you know it all came together a couple weeks ago, and, and we're really, really looking forward to it. So uh, that was going to be my next question. You guys have been working on this for just a couple of months to get it put together? Yeah, I think I think closer to ninety days and two months to be completely honest from the initial point of contact. 
you know, on, I would imagine the legwork on the on the athletic department side is a little more a little more intricate than than what we have. You know, collegiate scheduling is is no joke, and um, putting the pieces into place are, are are difficult at times. But yeah, it all seemed to work out. Both teams have been wonderful to work with, and and we're hoping we're hoping crossing our fingers that you know they both kick the season off with the success that they're predict, predicted to have, and it's a top 25 matchup come December 1st. Once again, we're talking with Eric Hudson, GM of Hero Arena at Mountain America Center in Idaho Falls. All right, uh, there's the what, the when. Uh, now how about the how? If people want to get tickets, uh, when do they uh, buy these tickets, and how do they go about it? Tickets, I think if you're a season ticket holder of the Broncos, you're going to get an early pre-sale code sent to your email from Boise State Athletics. Um, it's a nice perk of being such a diehard fan. Uh, then I, I believe tickets will go on sale tomorrow, the 18th, and you can buy them on our website, uh, www.mountainamericacenter.com, or you can go directly to ticketmaster.com and purchase them through our Ticketmaster website on your mobile device or on your on your your computer, uh, tickets are going to go fast. We've had you know we've had probably two thousand people call, email, send a carrier pigeon with ticket requests, you know <laughs> stuff like that. Um, how we, much? How much are all, tickets? All, all areas. They, so they they range uh, anywhere from twenty five to to fifty dollars, depending on you know if you want courtside or if you, you'd like to sit. You know, 11 rows up. I'm telling you right now, no matter where you sit in this facility, there's not a bad seat in the house for basketball. Uh, you could hang from the rafters and be just fine. Um, but, yeah, it'll be a great game. I, I fully expect it to be rocking. And I, I believe you can get tickets starting tomorrow, um, the 18th. Most, most uh, uh, modern sports arenas uh, have to have things like uh, suites and, uh, and luxury boxes. Do you have those? Yeah, so we have 26 suites in the facility, and uh, ranging from the smaller version, they're eight, eight person, all the way up to 23 person suites. You know, they come with with VIP amenities, um, suite service, pre order functions, televisions, all the great things that you can get with with suite. And then we also have an additional like 400 uh, club seats that are on the second level that have similar amenities to what the suites have. So. The, the you know the builder of this facility, the Idaho Falls Auditorium District, really thought of it all when they were designing it and, and, and bringing this thing to life. Once again, Eric Hudson, uh, General Manager, Hero Arena at the Mountain America Center in uh, Idaho Falls. Thank you for taking a few minutes uh, telling us about this. And once again, I kind of agree with you. Tickets are going to go uh, real fast because you said 4600 for uh, this particular basketball game is about what the max will be. Yeah, yeah, and you guys should, you know, think about doing a live broadcast out here. We'll we'll smoke you up some famous Mountain America Center briskets, and uh, and get you well fed, and and put you put you in courtside seats for a heck of a game. You, you had us at brisket, uh, Nate Shellman. Are you yes, listening sir. there this morning? Uh, yeah, we can do a hometown uh, breakfast from <laughs> Mountain America Center. There we go. Yeah, uh, thank you, Eric, for being with us this morning and get us uh, this great information for our listeners. Appreciate it. You bet, fellas. Have a great day. All right, there you go. You want to go to the game. Uh, tickets, by the way, I just checked, will go on sale this morning at 10 a.m.
this morning at 10 a.m. So if you want to get those tickets, go to Ticketmaster.com and get in on those because uh, I, I agree with 4,600. It's going to be a fairly intimate setting, but as you heard, not a bad seat in the house. Once again, if you want to get those tickets, they go on sale 10 o'clock sharp this morning. Um, and keep listening to KBOI. We will have some tickets that we will be giving away at some time in the future to get you ready as Boise State takes on St. Mary's in Idaho Falls. We'll take a break. Traffic and weather coming up here next uh, when we come back. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. We've got some free passes to the Western Idaho Fair. Family four-pack on the way after traffic and weather. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. So I'm sitting there listening to that uh, rejoinder there about mm-hmm. Alexa. I'm wondering how many people ask Alexa our damn near impossible question. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a resource, isn't it? Yeah. My, my wife and I will sit there and we don't know the answer to something. We'll sit there and ask uh, Alexa the question. Hey, it's, it's not cheating if you don't get caught. Just want to let you know that. Uh, it is time for the Casper Chris damn near impossible question. And if you're not cheating, you're not trying. I can't believe after all these years, that's <laughs> still your philosophy. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, bringing you this uh, question for all your real estate needs. Just one number you need to know, 208-888-4128. Uh, Kathy, you're going to get first crack at our question today. We've got a family four-pack of tickets to the Western Idaho Fair. Are you set and ready to go, planning on going to the fair? Uh, yes, I am, except not on Monday. Not not on Monday. Well, it might be raining yeah. Monday. So, um, <laughs> Exactly. All right, let's see if we can get you in absolutely free. By the way, these tickets are good for any day. The fair gets underway tomorrow, and we'll be going all the way through next weekend. Uh, the great thing about these uh, tickets, also, they get you into uh, any and all the concerts. All right? So the day you go, okay. don't have to pay extra for the concert. Pick your concert, go to the fair, and you get to go to the concert for free with your tickets, too. So really kind of a, a double shot here for you. Our question, this U.S. president <gasps> married his high school teacher. Which president was it? President Fillmore. Millard Fillmore, probably the most popular president <laughs> in U.S. history. Uh, Actually, nice. he'd rank about number 46, <laughs> I think. Uh, by the way, I know this sounds salacious. It's not as bad as it sounds. He was 19 yeah. when she was his teacher. She was 20. So yeah, you, yes. used, you used to be able to get a teaching certificate. Long before you got a bachelor's degree back then. Yeah. So it's not nearly as bad. It's not like he was 14 years old. She was 35. She wasn't Mary, Mary Kay Letourneau. No, yeah. no. Hey, congratulations, Kathy. You got a uh, family four-pack of tickets to the Western Idaho Fair. Oh, I just checked. These are only for Monday. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> lies, lies, I'm, lies. I'm kidding. Uh, congratulations. Hold on the line. We'll get you uh, so, get some information from you. You didn't win. We got another chance for you to pick up your tickets. Once again, final chance coming up tomorrow morning for a Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. We'll take a break. News. Uh, we're going to get you caught up with what's going on. Stock market coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Also, still on the way this morning with the fourth indictment by Donald uh, for Donald Trump along with 18 other people. Um, has this done the same thing as the previous indictments? Just seen him improve in the polls? We've got a new poll out uh, since this indictment has come out. 
And uh, what is his? What does his support look like? By the way, um, we're only six days away from the first Republican debate next week. However, we still don't know if Donald Trump will be taking part because he hasn't said. The only thing we know for sure that he has not signed the pledge Boy. to not talk bad about Republicans and to support Republicans if he then ends up uh, not getting. All this and Christmas coming and up. And Christmas, what a, what, yeah. a, what a year. <laughs> Hashtag sarcasm. Um, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The racketeering indictment accuses Trump of applying pressure on officials for weeks to overturn election results, including 11 phone calls, one to Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have. Because we won the state. White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, who set up that call. Mr. President, everybody is on the line. Is now moving to have the case against him tried in federal court. I don't know what I'm missing here. I mean, I don't know what type of pressure they felt based on that phone call when he says, I just need to find. Didn't say you have to find, you have to make up. These votes, 11,000, whatever it was. This is the latest indictment. They have uh, just a few more days. I believe it's uh, next Friday before they have to turn themselves in. They've already said that they are not going to treat him. When I say they, Fannie Willis, uh, the prosecutor, says that they are not going to be treated the same way as his previous three indictments. They say he will stand for mug shots. Because apparently people in Georgia don't know who the hell he is. <laughs> that was what they said in Washington, D.C. and New York. It wasn't necessary to have a mugshot of Donald Trump because they were pretty sure everybody knew what he looked like. <laughs> and mugshots are, you know, for future reference if you're looking for somebody. Yeah. So already you can see that, you know, Georgia is going to do their best to try and embarrass Trump. Because if he does get the mugshot, you can see that on every anti-Trump poster Running up to the 2024 election. Assuming they uh, release it onto the internet. Uh, New Associated Press slash Center for Public Affairs research poll came out yesterday. If you're wondering uh, if this indictment has uh, done anything for uh, Trump and his support as he gets ready, uh, continues to campaign for president in 2024, he has increased his grip on the Republican Party. The poll found that 63% of Republican voters now say they want the former president to run again. Mm-hmm. That strong support from inside the GOP marked an increase from the same poll in April, which showed 55% of Republican voters wanted to see Trump on the party's ticket again. In this particular case, I think those people who are big supporters of his don't see him as uh, an indicted possible criminal, they they see him as a martyr at this point. You may be right. Or some of them just don't care. They just would rather have him than anybody else. And I, I when I say anybody else, that's meaning Joe Biden, and that's meaning anybody within the party also, because he is leading right now, mm-hmm. Ron DeSantis, by 
over close to 40%. Nobody, by the way, who has polled at this point in, in first place, as, and nobody's been this far ahead, but nobody has been polling as big as Trump has ever lost the primary. Now, of course, the advantage for Trump in the primary is that he's basically an incumbent. Right. Frontrunners have lost primaries. Yes. And uh, become non-frontrunners, but uh, not, as you say, not when they were ahead, what, 35, 40 points. Yeah. Seven in ten Republicans now, according to the poll, have a favorable opinion of Trump. That's an uptick from 60%. All right? So we've gone from 60% two months ago to 70% now that more indictments have been filed. At this rate, he he's probably hoping, he goes, three or four more indictments, and I'll have pretty close to 100% support from Republicans. You know, he he may not be voicing it that way, because uh, I, I doubt he wants to say, hey, more indictments, please, but, uh, you know, I think that is the that is the principle of the thing. I mean, the more he is is considered to be attacked by the other side, the more popular he gets with his supporters. And I think you're right. There's a certain number now, you know, that we've seen the fourth indictment that maybe mm-hmm. think, you know, think of him as a martyr. But, now, but I mean, whether whether they think of him as a martyr or not, uh, they think of him at, at least as somewhat of a victim, but definitely not somebody who should have been indicted. Now, Trump's grip on the Republican Party, undisputable, according to the polls' findings. However, his relationship in the general elect- uh, electorate is not quite as favorable. Poll found that in a general election, 74% of Republicans said they would support Trump in 2024. However, 53% of all voters said they would definitely not support him, and another 11% said they would probably not support him. The poll asked the same question for President Joe Biden and found... He didn't do much better. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, that those are only bad numbers if your opponent gets better ones. Fifty-four percent of respondents said that they would not support Joe Biden. Forty-three percent said they would definitely not support him in a general election. Another eleven percent said they probably wouldn't support him. So, what can you take from? Granted, this is just one poll, and once again, it's the uh, Associated Press Center for Public Affairs Research poll came out yesterday. What can you take from this? Kind of what Chris and I have been saying for a long time: nobody likes either candidate. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's that, that's kind of a blanket statement. There are people who, I'm sure, are, are in the corner of both of the guys. But yeah, th- there are an awful lot of Americans that. Uh, are, they keep looking at the list going, now, now who else is there? <laughs> now, and how, how old is that person? Biden does command a greater party loyalty than Trump. 82% of Democrats say that they would support him in a general election. Um, that's Democrats. Paul also asked respondents whether or not they believe Biden to be legitimately elected president. 70% of all Americans survey agreed. 98% of Democrats agreeing that he was the legitimate president. President. However, only 41% of Republicans thought that Biden's presidency was legitimate. When asked about Trump's most recent federal indictment, 53% of Americans said they approve of the Justice Department's indicting Trump in federal case that he worked to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. As, you know, with most opinions concerning Trump, there are large partisan differences. Only 16% of Republicans approve the Justice Department's indictment. 85% of Democrats approve. 
seems like we're squaring off, doesn't it? A little bit. Now, as we mentioned, we are six days away from the first Republican debate. We don't know if Trump is going to be there. He hasn't announced. He said he's going, no. to, he's going to announce whether or not he will attend and participate when, in the debate. Okay, he's supposed to have some sort of a press conference here. Monday. In, in the next, it's, it's Monday. Now. Monday, okay. yes. Monday where he has said he has proof, right. unequivocal proof, that he is innocent of the charges in Georgia. Some of the things that, I've already mentioned the one thing that I I don't understand, the phone calls being used against him, and I I, I just don't hear anything that he did wrong in the phone call. Saying, I need to find... Eleven thousand. He did. He. Well, I mean, that's that's an actual fact. He okay. needed to find one in, more in, than in that amount we, of votes. In what we just heard to this get morning. Elected. In what we just heard this morning, there wasn't anything. But when he's uh, telling the guys that uh, it was obviously uh, a uh, a corrupt uh, election and that they'll probably end up going to prison themselves if they don't do something about it, that's. Uh, I think that's what they consider to be coercion. And that's, I still don't understand that. That doesn't seem like coercion to me. The other thing that is being brought in as proof that he was overthrowing the government. If you were. Are his tweets. If you were in any particular job and the phone rang and it was the president of the United States and he said, Mike, uh, you have to uh, do this or chances are you too will be going to prison. Would you? At least look into it. I might look into it, but it wouldn't. Bother but I you. wouldn't. I wouldn't break. No. Okay. I wouldn't break the law for him. Also. And these guys didn't. No, that, and that's the part that I don't understand. I got maybe there would be more there. I, I would say it's like, oh, he forced and look, they did break the law. Mm-hmm. None of none of them broke the law. And some as, of the evidence as they, as they see it. Yeah, uh, some of the evidence being given in, we're, I, I know we need to take a break here. Um, some of the tweets are, are being used against him. And once again, not a lawyer. I, I, don't, I don't understand. And F- uh, Fannie Willis has already said that a lot of the evidence that's going to be introduced in the case is not in and itself against the law. But goes to show that maybe he might have been See, almost, trying to break the law. This almost sounds more like it should be a civil case. A little bit. I, and I have you know, the, one the, other the thing. The people who ended up, you know, the people who were poll workers and whatnot that ended up getting harassed, you know, should be suing him in civil court. I have one other thing. Except, I mean, can you harass, can you sue him for harassment if he's not actually harassing you? Yeah. I mean, you can sue anybody, mm-hmm. but can you prove that you've been harassed well, by him when he wasn't the one actually harassed? That, that I don't know. That's that's the question that's, I have. I have so many questions thing, about that's this. That's one thing they're going to have to do themselves. I have one other question that I was thinking about when it comes to uh, proving his claims that there was fraud in the election in Georgia. I'll tell you what that is and uh, get your thoughts on that when we come back after our final check on traffic. and Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 853-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through and take part this morning, uh, give your thoughts. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Kevin and Caldwell, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. 
Hey, thanks for getting me on. Um, I listened to a podcast uh, with Cleta Mitchell, who's all about election integrity. And uh, regarding that phone call Trump made, they knew at the time that he made that call about the violations with Georgia law regarding the uh, voting in Georgia. They, uh, they have a difference of 11,000-something votes, but they found several hundred thousand votes that are in question that were registered to illegal places like P.O. boxes, um, places that didn't exist, undeliverable mail, people who had moved, and they requested a court date, and the courts would not give them a court date prior to the election results being finalized. Therefore, it was never heard. So this could bring up a whole new set of, I mean, this case could actually bring out the fraud that was committed in Georgia with the votes that never should have been counted. That kind of leads me into one of the things I was thinking about earlier this week about the case in the claims from uh, Trump and the organization that there was fraud going on. What if Trump's lawyers can find, as you just said, proof of, say, even 10 instances of voter fraud or even just just one? Because the claim is that there was no fraud going on in the campaign. Now, granted, there might not be enough provable fraud that could have overturned the election. But does, in this particular case, would they, and this is just my question and my thought, would they have to prove that there were tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of proven fraud? Or would they just have to prove one to say, look, there was fraud. We proved it. You can't charge us for a conspiracy of saying there was fraud when we just showed you one instance of fraud and we believe there are more. I don't know. I, I think I think you're on to something good there. I mean, that's all it takes. I mean, that, that throws it over. But like I say, they knew that there were hundreds of thousands of votes, according to state law, that should not have been counted. The Secretary of State did it anyway. So my guess is that they're going to probably have to show their cards that's their defense and if they do so um it's it could be really interesting you might have a state that violated law you may have a secretary of state that, that violated that law and he may go to prison so so this could this no could idea. be um for the trump organization anyway kind of a good news bad news story um the bad news uh, is of course that you are indicted and have to go through the trial the good news is all the claims of fraud that not allowed to go to court because you didn't hold standing or for whatever reasons could be brought out in a court of law. My feelings. Exactly. I'd like to see it. All right. Uh, Thanks Thanks. for sharing your thoughts, Kevin. Appreciate it. Yeah. I, I, that one thing that I thought about it, it's like if you prove that there is one case or 10 cases and you prove just those cases, I would think that would help your overall case because you're being claimed that, you know, you you erroneously and falsely claimed that there was fraud in the election. And does the case go away then? I had not heard about hundreds of thousands of ballots. I hadn't heard that either. We'll take a break. News coming up here next. If you want to weigh in, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. I've got some tweets that are proving to be a little... Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
Practically a RICO statute says if you can show there's an organization that commits legal acts within a series of a period of time and that the acts are related and the Georgia statute lists the various acts, that itself can be a crime. And it's it's tough for defendants because it doesn't have that high state of mind burden of proof that we see in conspiracy and other uh, other kinds of crimes. And that is true. And there are uh, about 161 um, different acts of racketeering that they have put into the indictment. It kind of gives you uh, an idea, or maybe it seems to me like they're going to throw a whole bunch of stuff at the wall and see if they can get some of it to stick. I mean, 161 different um, acts of racketeering seems like overkill. I wonder how many they had to narrow down to get it to that. Uh, hard to say. Or are they just throwing everything that they... Oh, this looks like it, so let's put this one in there too. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, no name on this one. Says, you guys sad me. Your own news says Trump will probably not make his announcement on Monday because his lawyers want him saying nothing before his court date. You should listen to your own news. Um... I see why you didn't give a name, but uh, I just did, uh, after getting your email, did a quick check on the Google machine. There are over a dozen different news stories posting that Trump is still saying he's going to make his announcement at Bedminster, his Bedminster club on Monday that will show proof. How many times have you heard or seen Trump take his lawyer's advice or Mm. Or not taking his lawyer's advice. Hard to say. Sometimes we don't know what their advice was. <laughs> um, but, there, I mean, as far as that, Trump has never come out and said, oh, I, my lawyers told me I can't, so I'm not going to do it Monday. We'll find out Monday if he does or not. Apparently, that is still his claim, and there are over a dozen news uh, reports stating the same. Uh, another, this one, text message, Trump needs to be embarrassed He's a criminal, and finally, the long arm of the law has caught up to him. Luckily, in Georgia, RICO is used aggressively. Trump organization made false statements, false documents, forgeries, impersonating fake electors, computer breaches, and witness tampering. Wow, what, I sure hope Georgia calls this guy, because it sounds like he's got a lot of proof. IDR, which I believe in this case stands for Idaho Republican, says, I laugh, cry, ugly cry at our party when I listen to you guys. You know there's a uh, under-Reddit push to fake-hike Trump's poll numbers, so he once again be embarrassed. This new generation is not playing. We don't see it in Idaho because we are so far up his... Uh-huh. But if we want our party to survive, we must break from him. I show my older family these threads, and they don't believe me, but they didn't believe GameStop either. I'm not even sure what that person was trying to say. Uh, I'm, I'm not completely. So there's a push to fake hike his poll number, so make it look like his poll numbers are better so that he gets the nomination, I guess, so that he'll be embarrassed when he loses. Uh, but that's an awful lot of prediction. So this person is claiming the poll numbers that AP put out were fake? No, well, is not fake, it? but they're uh, they're being manipulated. Manipulated, okay. Because there's an under Reddit push, she does. <laughs> I don't. I don't even have the uh, under Reddit app. I yeah. I haven't got uh, the Reddit app and seen anything on this 
um, I, this person does realize polling numbers don't make you the yeah. the nominee, right? But they get people interested. You know, if somebody's 50 points ahead, everybody else could drop out, too. We haven't seen that yet. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> um, ben in Boise, good okay. morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. How's it going, guys? Good. Hey, I appreciate your taking the time to talk about Trump and some of the issues, but why don't you spend as much time talking about the the real RICO corrupt bunch, and that's the Biden clan. Oh, we've talked we've you talked know, about that extensively yeah, too. Very very little in comparison. Well, you know, we we'd be talking more talk. about it, Ben. Um, had he been charged, we'd be talking even more about it. Um, the reason we're talking more about Trump because he's actually been charged. That's oh, that's the I, reason. I agree. No, I'm, I I I agree with you, and I support what you're doing. But I'd like to see a little more stuff about the Biden clan of how corrupt they are. Where have you heard most of heard on, your information heard about it so far? I've heard on Fox News this morning that Biden's going to forgive. 804,000 student loans, number one, it's illegal, and he even admitted it, apparently, in an interview this weekend with CNN or one of those. I don't know where he's going to get the money to do it. Oh, come on, Ben, you do know, Ben, Ben, you know where he's getting the money to do that. He's supposed to get it from Congress. And where does that money come from? You and me, but Congress has to pass it. Congress has to, or the, the House has to pass it, and he's bypassing them too, and he's bypassing the Supreme Court. Just so it's just the a, bird. it's just a presidential decree. Yep. Well, he's he's so us, he's using a um, a law from was it nineteen sixty five? Now he got he got turned down in the courts from using the uh, law from the early two thousands. But now he's gone to a, a different law, so it, it's already been turned down in one court. I don't know if it's this if they're going to be able to continue. Now, the reason that um, it was turned down in the other court is because the people that sued once again didn't have standing to sue. Um, I don't know if somebody they'll get somebody with standing to be able to sue and then be able to take it to the Supreme Court um, on this particular instance or not. We haven't talked a whole lot about this because it just it just did clear the courts this week, but maybe we should take some time um, here maybe tomorrow or the beginning of the week and talk about this um, because I'm I'm like you, Ben, um, not not real happy with paying off debts from people who took on the debts and using taxpayer dollars um, to do that. Um, these these particular 804,000 people that are going to get their debts forgiven. Um, not quite as widespread as the uh, other people that were going to get their debts forgiven in the first case. Um, in this particular instance, the only people that are going to get their debts forgiven have been paid. You have to pay for 20 to 25 years before and still have not paid off your loan. So those are the only people. You have to pay a minimum of been paying your loans for a minimum of 20 years and have to make less than a certain amount of money to get any of your your loans paid off. See, I feel I feel like if you if you're paying off a loan uh, that takes that long and you don't get a house out of it, you've done something wrong. The part that upsets me is borrowers had three years where they didn't have to make a payment. If they didn't want to, they got forgiveness, and they didn't have the interest rate 
go up. So there, there, the the loan wasn't compounding. Mm. And over 95% of the people that got this reprieve over the last three years made zero payments on their loans. A large portion of them could have had their loans paid off had they continued paying their loans. They would not have a loan right now. They wouldn't have seen an increase in their interest rates being added to the loan and could have been completely done, but they didn't do it. Because they didn't have any money? Because they thought the federal government was going to pay it off for them. All right. And I'll give you a perfect example. My son could have had his loan paid off, didn't, and I ask him why he didn't. He goes, why would I? I'm going to get it paid off for free, so why waste the money on it? Mm Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. Mary wrote in. She says, yay, the morning is complete now. We got our what about Biden color. What about Biden? 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. If you're on the line, uh, stay right where you're at. I promise we'll get to you. Uh, we do have a couple lines open if you want to get through this morning. You can also uh, email us, chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 918-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also email us, mike at KBOI.com, chris at KBOI.com. You can also text us if you'd like, same as our main number. Um, uh, this person, Mike, writes in, his defense is going to be that he just listens to his advisors and lawyers but you say regarding Monday's press conference, when does he ever listen to his lawyers? That is the exact description of this old brouhaha. We should rename Washington, D.C. Ringling Brothers, D.C. Rico says, why is everyone talking about me? I have nothing to do with President Trump. I don't think he even knows who I am. I will say, though, that Rudy Giuliani got on TV yesterday, and he says he, knows, he? he knows Rico because he, was, he practically invented it. <laughs> Um, uh, another person writes in, uh, no name on this says, you think Trump numbers are high now? Just think what they would look like if the public found out that half of what the media says about Trump is actually lies. Listen to a well-known gentleman who dislikes Trump because of the media, got challenged by a friend to do his own research, decided to check out when Trump supposedly made fun of the reporter, found out the media intentionally lied. The deeper he looked, the more he became delusioned with the press and he eventually became a Trump supporter. Media lied about what? He did it on television. Uh-huh. Mark says, Biden's approval rating in the U.S. is one thing overall. Trump's overall rating is much lower. He is unelectable, even though the American Taliban is all in for him. Don't be fooled. It's not much lower. It's a little lower. It's not much lower. <laughs> when you're talking uh, 64% to 54%, and the falling within the uh, error mm-hmm. is 4%. That's not a big difference. Paula says, well, it appears that the grifter, Trump, has already chickened out of showing us a large, complex, detailed, but irrefutable report on the presidential election fraud, which took place in Georgia. Apparently, Paula thinks he's not going to tell us about it on Monday, too. He might not. I just tried to look for um, any of the news stories saying that, and, and like I said, I found half a dozen of them still saying that he's going to be 
and this is from Trump saying that he is going to do it, but I have not heard Trump in his own words say, never mind, I'm not going to show the proof. No, I'm going to wait till either. court or, or whatever. But who knows? A uh, couple more uh, emails uh, regarding the Republican presidential debate. I find it interesting that they want Mr. Trump to sign an agreement that he would support the final nominee, but during his presidency, presidency the party didn't afford him the same support. Two different things that you're talking about. And by the way, Republicans, a lot of Republicans did support Trump. Um, as a matter of fact, there are 18 of them being charged alongside of him in Georgia that supported him. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree with this particular thing uh, as far as the RNC is requiring people as part of participating in the debate that whoever the wins the primary you must support that person. And you've got to sign a pledge to be able to be in the debate. Now, this is kind of a tricky situation with Trump because Trump brings a lot of eyes and a lot of ratings to a debate. If you don't have Trump, my guess would be you would probably have half the amount of people who would probably be watching the debate if he were there. And it's a tricky situation in that he does have so much power. He is by far and away... You know, the leader and forcing with, him to do something he doesn't want to do. Without him, I think this basically turns into a bunch of people who have said they don't want to be vice president, all auditioning to be vice president. <laughs> and, and, and I understand, you know, that some people don't think that he gets enough support from the RNC. But the RNC's job is to make sure that Joe Biden is not the, or whoever, if Joe Biden dies or decides not to run before the next election, the RNC's job is to make sure that a Republican wins the election. Their job is not to make sure Trump wins the election. Their job is to make sure that a Republican, whoever is chosen in the primary, and that's why they don't want the infighting to go on if somebody else happens to win or if Trump happens to win. They want to make sure that everybody who is running along with Trump, that they all agree that mm-hmm. our main goal is to beat whoever is the Democratic presidential nominee. And so I totally I totally get where they're coming from on this. And I think Trump would do himself more a favor. This is just my personal opinion. If he wouldn't fight his own party so much, if he would help whoever, and it looks like it's going to be him, so, I mean, he's helping himself in this particular situation. Um, But, I mean, he's been critical of some red states, governors of red states. Um, He's been supportive of Gavin Newsom in some of the decisions Gavin Newsom has made in the past. And you just don't want to see that from a Republican when you're in an election year trying to win a presidential election. So I get, I, I definitely get both sides unless, of how tricky you know, this is when it comes down to unless debating. you Unless you just really like bipartisanship. Uh, did you read from Joe? I don't I think that just so. came in. Joe says Georgia's RICO statute passed in 1980 is much broader than the federal one. It allows prosecutors to string together events that would otherwise appear distinct, including the data breach in Coffee County where Trump's allies obtained access to voting machines shortly after the election in an attempt to show that they were rigged. And there are also statements made by Giuliani to the Georgia legislature. There is big trouble ahead for the Trump train wreck or plane crash. That's from Joe. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon. We'll take a break. More of your phone calls and emails coming up. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are... 
News Talk, KBOI. Nine thirty one two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through on email, you can do that. Got some emails that we'll get to here. Uh, also, some text messages in. Rich from Boise, thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBOI. Well, hi. You you were asking if you know if a few little bit of fraud was found, would it vindicate what Trump said? And the answer no, is no. I didn't because- say if it would vindicate what Trump said. I I ask if that would be enough to find him not guilty. Well, that's kind of vindicating. But anyway, uh, the answer would be no, because he didn't just say there was some voter fraud. He was specific about 5,000 dead people voting, several thousand people underage. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't just saying there was 10 cases of voter fraud. He was specific in his claims, the, the claims about the ballots being stuffed at the Georgia thing. Everything he said was specific. Okay, so let me ask you said. this, Rich. If I say right now I'm I'm claiming there were five thousand illegal votes in Idaho, am I going? Am I going to be charged with a crime? Well, no. That you you got to understand the, the the RICO. It's all. It's not because he said it. It was the whole combined thing. CNN's going to have a thing about the RICO laws in Georgia. No, you I, I get it. it. it would he, even, yeah, I, I've even said that here uh, on the air this morning um, that. You know, Fannie Willis has said in and of itself, a lot of the charges that they have made are not illegal. They're just trying to show that altogether, as far as what falls under the RICO Act, that they are or can be considered a crime. I've, I've, I've said that this morning. Um, that, But some of the things, and, and I'll grant you, I don't understand uh, RICO statutes. We don't hear very much of it because it's usually charged, uh, used to charge mobsters um i'm trying to think of any time they've used it to uh charge any government officials let alone a president um so this is no pun intended unprecedented so i don't i I don't know what's going to happen uh how soon this will go to court uh court date uh as of right now supposedly supposed to be early next year right smack dab in the middle of the primary just one of the many cases uh there are legal experts of course uh that are saying that there's absolutely no way in the world that they're going to be able to get this difficult and complex of a case to court as quickly as uh they they hope to um because they want to charge all 19 people all at once and have just the one court case not trump one case giuliani another case thanks for the call um joe here this is joe writing in by the way uh text message at 208-336-3700 says where is the outrage for the ppp loan forgiveness these loan forgivenesses were all in six figures uh, how about the outrage for Trump's permanent tax cut for billionaires and corporations transferring the tax burden to the middle class? All right, let me take the first one first. Where's the outrage for PPP loan forgiveness? Um, I don't have, I, I have outrage because I don't think it should have been forgiven, but I don't have as much outrage over PPP loan forgiveness because it was passed legally through Congress. Congress voted to pass it legally. I still don't like it. I don't like the mass fraud with so little oversight, but it was done legally and passed by Congress. College loan forgiveness would never pass Congress. 
So Joe is making it unilateral, illegal decision to forgive college loans. That's why myself and other people are outraged, because he's breaking the law. Now, we already know that he broke the law once because he signed the executive order, and the Supreme Court said, not so fast. So now he's doing it a different way, trying to do it a different way, by bypassing Congress once again. That's the outrage I have for it, is it's not being done legally. Now, as far as the permanent tax cuts for billionaires and corporations, first of all, tax cuts were across the board, not just for billionaires. Everybody got a tax cut. I'm middle class, and I got a tax cut. Tax burden wasn't given to me. I'm part of that middle class, and I got a big tax cut under Trump. And many of the changes that you're talking about as part of the Tax Cut and Jobs Act that Trump signed in 2017 are expiring at the end of 2025. So those tax cuts go away. They are not permanent tax cuts. They were signed and sunset at the end of 2025. So everything you brought up there, hopefully that explains it a little better okay. to you. Or not. Or not. Or, or you just won't believe it. I don't know. Uh, Eric says, I see Trump's lapdog, Mike, is happily defending his idol. Does Mike understand it isn't just about saying fraud? It was the actions that happened along with the talking about fraud, fake electors asking the governor to find the votes, and, of course, getting into secure election equipment in Coffee County. All facts. I didn't know Trump was your idol. That's because, what's his name? The person who wrote that? Yeah, did he give his name? Probably. I just hit delete. But let, oh. me, uh, let me go back. Eric. But, that was Eric. Yeah, it's because it's Eric's a dumbass. Oh, okay. Uh, Trump is not my idol. My job here is to ask questions. I have questions. Some of our listeners have questions. Questions like this. How are these tweets being considered as part of the evidence against Trump in the Georgia case? Prosecutors are saying that they're using his tweets, his own tweets, to implicate him, pointing to a dozen of his posts as proof that he furthered the conspiracy. Like this post. Wow, blockbuster testimony taking place right now in Georgia. Ballot stuffing by Dems when Republicans were forced to leave the large counting room. Plenty more coming, but this alone, this alone leads to an easy win for the state. Or this one. A subsequent tweet from Trump's account later that same day stated that people in Georgia got caught cold, bringing in massive numbers of ballots and putting them in the voting machines. Another one could have been so easy, but now we have to do it the hard way. Demand this clown call a special session and open up his signature verification. Otherwise, could be a bad day for two great senators on January 5th. Another one, I spoke to Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger yesterday about Fulton County and voter fraud in Georgia. He was unwilling or unable to answer questions such as the ballots under the table scam, ballot destruction, out-of-state voters, dead voters, and more. He has no clue. Or this one. Georgia hearings now on OANN, amazing, which was just described as an overt act in furtherance of a conspiracy. These 12 tweets are part of the evidence that is being used as the acts of racketeering activity. Again, my question, I don't have an answer here because I don't know the rules of racketeering and the RICO statutes. All those seem like they're First Amendment things that he's saying. He's, in, I mean, they're not, just, he's innocuous? making statements whether they're true or not. Yeah. Hmm. 
I mean, they could, they, they might not, be, they may, here, I'll even give this. They're 100% false. I'll allow that. They're 100, every one of his tweets is wrong. Are every one of his treat, tweets, are those tweets a crime for saying what he said? That's the question I have. I don't, I can't put the connection of First Amendment overlooking First Amendment because this is so serious that it's it goes against RICO statutes. And once again, I'm fully admitting, I don't know the ins and outs of RICO statutes. But it, it I just cannot make sense out of the charges that these tweets are proof of illegal activity. And I think a lot of pe- people besides me have that same question. Does that mean I'm a Trump lap, lap dog? No. Jerry writes in and says, uh, GA Georgia official 2020 election results prove there is no outcome determinative fraud. How else do you explain the Republican undervotes? Add the total Republican votes cast statewide for offices under president versus our votes for Trump. Outcome determinative is the standard, not the unicorn stole it story. Truth has become so inconvenient, your team has to create unicorn stories to explain how Alpha is not president, and apparently it's your business model to profit from these lies you tell the public every day. More than sincerely, Jerry. Okay, Jerry, uh, I think one thing you might be doing there is kind of grouping our show in with every other show that we have on this station, and they're all independent of one another, and especially ours. Uh I'm generally, I know who you are, by the way, I'm generally pro-union, and I do get a lot of heat for that, but I'm I'm thinking that if you believe that we're constantly, you know, backing up uh, the theory that uh, Biden is not president, you do not listen to this show very often, but it, it's it's nice that you feel you listen enough to <laughs> make a comment like that, but uh, I don't know. You know. I'm starting to think Eugene was right. That That tweet right there. Or that email right there? I think that's proof of racketeering right there. We should charge him. Yeah, whatever. Um, this one, off a different subject that we were talking about earlier this morning uh, about Hawaii, by the way, still over a 1,000 people are missing. Uh, let me rephrase that. Um, they've changed. They don't want to say missing any longer. Um, what was the, the term that they said they want to start changing and saying that they're they're not unaccounted for? There you go. Yeah, that's um, totally the, different the than Fed, missing. Yeah, the feds say we're not. We don't want to call them missing anymore. They're not missing. They're unaccounted for. Um, I guess unaccounted for sounds better than missing. I don't know. Uh, if I had somebody that was unaccounted for, I would still think they were missing, and I would still be very, very mm-hmm. worried about a loved one that nobody has been able to find as of yet. Why'd you strike out? Well, the ball was unaccounted for <laughs> by me three consecutive times. I- um, I they, can't really explain that. There are still around 1,300 people uh, in Maui uh, on Maui that are unaccounted for. The official death count, as of right now, uh, from last I've seen, is up to 111. Uh, they found th- this. This gives you a how hard an idea of how hard it is. And I know for those of you who have been to Maui, it's not a big island. You can drive the entire way around the island you know, it's l- at least where the main roadways are in, if you don't go over the mountains you know what is a big in island? 45 minutes the, the big island well yeah but that's yeah. not where the fires happen right 
I'm um, just saying that there is a big island. But, yeah, but Maui they, is not a big island. They even purposely call it the big island. So a lot of people are questioning it. It's like, well, why can't the federal government do more and more quickly to find these people? Well, number one, there's they don't want people driving into, for instance, Lahaina because of the dangers there and the fact that they are still looking for people that may have burned up in either cars or homes in Lahaina. They are now taking uh, dogs, cadaver dogs, and searching for those people. Yesterday, they found a house where 60 people had uh, been hiding out since the fires burned down their own homes. This home was still standing, so they were all staying there. Now, the problem is there is absolutely no electricity on the island. There's no cell service on the island, and there's no phone service on the island. So think about that. Even even if you were to say the, uh, you know, you're in an area that small, how would you find your loved one? Where would you go if your loved one is unaccounted for? You have no cell service. You have no cars. No the roads. You're not able to travel on the roadways. You you just don't. You, you wouldn't be able to. You just have to wait. Unfortunately, and I know it's extremely frustrating, and especially for the people that are living there because they don't think that FEMA is doing enough to help them out, and it, it's just a really slow, unfortunately, hard process to do all this. Um, the governor has announced earlier this week that he thinks that the numbers are going to go way way higher than they are because of the thirteen hundred unaccounted people and how slow it is now that you know finding people unrecognizable they're going to have to do Mm. you know dental records to be able to identify some of these people but i i get how frustrating it is uh anyway this person writes in it's the indigenous folks in hawaii that we should be talking about all the tourists don't even have to be there the tourists should be donating all their money and everyone who has been there should donate their money because they obviously have enough to vacation in hawaii these are the people who are trying to buy up the land now in Hawaii and are nothing but greedy. Billy C. says it's not a witch hunt. It's more like a rattlesnake roundup. Just like snakes, the co-defendants will shed their skin. And citing Johnny Cochran in the O.J. Simpson trial, their lawyers will say, if the skin is a fit, you must acquit. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. Uh, we'll take a break. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. KBOA News Time is 945. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Mark and Eagle listening on 670 AM this morning. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. And what do you want to talk about? Oh, I'm, I grew up in Hawaii. I'm a severe storm forecaster, and I'm in communication with a lot of people in the Lahaina area, as well as Maui in general. And you, know, you guys have said, hey, there's no power. There's no cell service on Maui. That's correct in a lot of areas, but there are areas that do have cell service and do have power, Kanapali specifically, and then more areas down to the southwest. Yeah, well, but and, right, and Ka- as you mentioned, um, they they still have people staying in their hotels because that's a kind of a hotel district there, and they didn't suffer, right? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, everybody's suffering because so many people have been displaced, and they desperately need emergency housing for the people who have been displaced, as well as 
you know, FEMA workers and, and workers in civil defense in the Maui County District, they, they need those hotel rooms to put those people up really for an indefinite period of time, uh, just like with Hurricane Aniki on Kauai back in 1992. It doesn't take you weeks or a month and a half to fix things. It can take six months to, to 12 months to really get some infrastructure back in there. So they, they need the space that's available there. If you're planning on traveling to Maui, my suggestion, pick a different island if possible. Thanks for the advice, Mark. Uh, appreciate it. Do you have people there uh, in Maui area that you still know? None of my relatives, but lots of people that I work with on a business basis. Again, I'm a severe storm forecaster and provide right. information to them about events like this. Well, I hope they uh, end up all being safe. Thanks for the info. Appreciate the call, Mark. You bet. Have a great morning, guys. All right. Um, Eric wrote, wrote me back, Chris. He did? Yeah, says, Mike, it's way too easy to get under your skin. I love it. You may not idolize Trump, but you sure make plenty of excuses for him, which makes you sound like one of his lackeys. Thanks for the entertainment. Um, Jer- Jerry, my, Jerry wrote me back, too. So, uh, just Eric, just to let you know, um, I'm paid to try to entertain, so thank you for noticing that. Um, and I don't know if you got under my skin, because I pretty much forgot about you as soon as uh, I made my comments and Chris read the email, so not necessarily sure you're under my skin. As a matter of fact... Uh, as soon as we move on to the next uh, email, I'll probably have forgotten about you already. You might not be under his skin, but you could be deep in the heart of him, <laughs> as as the song goes. Uh, let's see. Jerry wrote me back. He said, uh, although you completely projected attention away from facts, I concede I do not listen to your show often enough. I will also admit the times I have, your program has been quite reasonable. Thank you, Jerry. Right up until your last comment about charging me with Rico. That was actually Mike. Uh, you fail to see I am not the one using government resources to advance fraud. No, didn't say you were. You, however, are using public airwaves in a fact-avoidant narrative, which I um, probably will have to look that one up. Fact-avoidant narrative just means you avoid facts and tell a story, right? Uh, he says, I'm driving without a strong cell in the mountains. If you know who I am, certainly you know I represented Border Patrol, Bureau of Prisons, and plenty of conservative voters. So anytime you want to have fact-based conversations, I'm happy to engage. And honestly, while we likely disagree about many things, I absolutely am grateful for reasoned discourse. That seems to be uh, something the unicorns have killed. I like reasoned discourse. I, I uh, wasn't crazy about the class I took that was called reasoned discourse <laughs> when I was in in. Um, college but i did get an a and even though i wasn't crazy if we didn't like reason discourse and this is for everybody listening we wouldn't take your phone calls we wouldn't read your emails we wouldn't read your text messages well there's reason discourse and then there's just plain old discourse yeah um you can hear that anywhere yeah so i mean we we do encourage that here as a matter of fact tomorrow we're really going to encourage it because it's open phones friday and we'll talk about anything Another email in says, it seems to me the local uh, island government in Maui and utilities should share the blame in these fires. They have clearly not been doing their jobs, and that's why the results from the fires were so bad. So let's put the blame where it belongs. I don't, if there wasn't a hurricane 500 miles from Maui that was whipping up winds at 95 miles per hour, gusts up to 95 miles per hour, I don't think we'd be having the same conversation. So you can't just lay all the blame on the government and the utilities. Yeah. They may they may have helped. We don't know that. I mean, there's a lawsuit right now already from a couple that claims that the utility companies should have shut off all the power once they found out that there was going to be a hurricane. 
I don't know if people would have been happy to have their electricity mm. all turned off for the island once they found out that a hurricane was within 500 miles or not. Hindsight's great, right? I'm, I'm going to start using that. Like, yeah, well, just, you know, if somebody says something was your fault, say, no, it wasn't my fault. There was a hurricane 500 miles from here. And because that's what uh, has been, that's what's going to cause the rain, right? That we're, yeah, we're, we're yeah, going we're, to have this weekend. We have a hurricane that's coming up from Baja Coast into California. And uh, starting on late Sunday and Monday, we're supposed to see a whole bunch of rain from that hurricane, remnants of that hurricane. Which, as we, we should as, shut off the electricity. Which, as we pointed out, is an odd thing to say when yeah. you live in, in Boise. Thanks for the phone calls or, and emails. Uh, we're on a 20-hour break. We'll be back to do a lot of it all again tomorrow because it is Open, phone, open Phones Friday. That'll be coming up. Uh, have yourself a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.